welcome to the In Progress podcast with Emily and Christine. Hi, everyone. Hello. How are you guys? I hope you had a swell week. (laughs) (laughs) I love when she says that. I hope you had a swell week. Well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like for real, I hope you also had a good week. (laughs) Seriously, it's hard out here. So I hope everything went as planned for everyone. We have an interesting episode for you guys today. Yes. We're doing a a bit of a mashup. It's okay, Emily. You don't have to apologize. Thanks. <laughs> We're doing a bit of a mashup for you guys. There's just so much going on in the world. And we just wanted to cover like a bunch of topics and just, you know, swap ideas, pick each other's brains. Um, yes. And you guys can participate as well. Of course. Of course. Um, just like Christine said, there really is so much going on. Um, and of course, first, we have to update you about COVID and COVID stats currently in Maryland. According to the Baltimore Sun, today, August 22nd, 2020, Maryland reports 624 coronavirus cases and 10 deaths. Um, This is actually the lowest um, rate of ICU hospitalizations since since March. That's amazing. Yeah, that that really is. Um, Overall, the statewide positivity rate is now 3.09%. Um, and in total, there are 103,523 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Maryland. So we're making a little bit of progress. It looks like COVID is not going to choke us for too much longer. Yeah. And I hear the church say amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back outside in no time. In no time. I'm, I'm giving it like a calm, like... April 2021. (laughs) (laughs) With this guy we have in the presidency, I don't even know. You can never tell. Like things will be looking good. And then the next day, something something pops up to rattle our feathers. Like quite literally. (laughs) Like, like, or something pops away, i.e. the... um, the USPS boxes that are disappearing throughout the country. Isn't that so strange? It's actually really wild. Sometimes I just sit and I'm like, we're really here. Yeah, we're living through this strange, unprecedented time. Strange time. Like, Like, I didn't even know you could do anything with those blue boxes. Like, I thought that was just what they're just there and they're just there. That's it. But apparently, I just thought, you know, like when you're playing video games and like there's like cheat codes and then like weird stuff like this is a basketball hoop. And then you do the cheat code and then it turns into a chicken. I don't know. Like, I feel like that's what's going on in the world. (laughs) No, but like, actually, it's almost like somebody's just pulling stuff out of a magic hat. Like, you know what we're going to do to the American people? We're going to take their mail. Like, we what? have nothing left. We have yes. nothing left. Keep leave the mail. <laughs> Literally, what do we have? Like, and the thing is, I was really thinking about businesses that rely heavily on oh. sending product to their customers mm-hmm. through the mail. Like, I have a gift that I ordered for my mother's birthday, which was exactly seven days ago, and I ordered it in July. This, I didn't know at the time, although the shipper on Etsy is in Ghana. I mean, my bad. The oh, shipper, I know. Oh, it is shipping. It's shipped from Ghana, oh. but she's not in Ghana. She's in Florida. Okay. But I didn't know what was, it was being made, was being made in Ghana. So she had to get it from Ghana and she was like, and oh, it'll be fine. You'll get it. But by the time you want it, I wanted it by the 14th of August, right? And... Come the 13th, I'm like, my good sis, what's really going on? She's yes, like, oh my gosh, my I'm sorry. There are delays. I just got it. I'm inspecting it now. I'm going to add some good stuff for you and ship it out. So she shipped it on like Monday and it was supposed to be here yesterday. The thing is saying delayed. It's not showing me where it's at. It just yeah. says Packer's going to take longer than expected. And I'm like, this is really going to harm people's businesses. It's going to harm people's businesses, especially right now where we're not going right. into stores. Right. We're not really shopping like that. We're relying heavily on mail. Right. I'm sure this is probably one of the busiest times for yeah. mailing or the the US Postal Service in a while. And then here comes Mr. 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 Hot and Spicy <laughs> Cheeto. 
Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, I agree. He looks like, he looks like a, a hot fry. I'm not even going to hold you. I don't spend a lot of time looking at the man. I try to avoid I know, it. doesn't it piss you off? <laughs> yes. That's me. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, like, the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a mess, man. Something as solid as the U.S. Postal Service. It's so crazy because it's is just- now disrupted. And you know, like now I'm thinking about it. There's so many aspects in which this is like this is going to cause a problem. Like with regards to everything with COVID and right, and like you said, this was like a really busy time. A lot of postal workers were exposed to COVID mm-hmm. and still had to work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So and didn't have, I'm sure, the proper procedures and precautions put in place because they never stopped working. They really didn't. And they let's didn't. be real. Even if their whole facility was wiped out and there are two people left, they're going to rely on the two people to get the work done. Yep. Because I went to the post office just last, just last week on Friday because mm-hmm. I had to mail something important and the whole procedures are just changed. Mind oh, wow. you, this, this very interesting woman came in and she was like, I just, you could tell like the postal workers were stressed and she came yeah. in and she was asking the lady, um, the ballot is there any place special that we can place our ballot boxes when it's time to vote no like this lady i'm i can only imagine how many people come in asking (laughs) them all these random questions right now i'm like this lady don't know that like she didn't ask him to do nothing with the they don't know any of that stuff like they're just trying to do their jobs and this this whole um this whole thing has happened on top of what they already have to deal with with covid so it's unfortunate it's unfortunate, and I feel for my my brothers and sisters. Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> listen, it's crazy too. Because you know, with government agencies, stuff is very much top down. So yeah, it's hard to work in an environment where you really have no say in your mm-hmm. procedures or like what you do. You just have to adapt and change mm-hmm. to the new policies, whether you agree with them or not. Yep, um, that's a big one. Whether you agree with them or not. Yeah. You just have to do. You just have to do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. So shout out, shout out to our male, male, male carriers. <laughs> we love y'all. <laughs> no, but like actually, pop, hold it down. No, hold it down. <laughs> actually, <laughs> we love you guys. We really do. Thank you. Thank you. For but your speaking service. of COVID, yes, we were talking before mm-hmm. we turned you guys on. But speaking of COVID, <laughs> are you guys? Since the the numbers are looking better, is everyone back outside? Like, are y'all doing brunch? Like, are y'all are y'all interacting more? Like, interacting with each other. How's the world? How are you guys feeling? For me, I'm still inside. Yeah. Um. I will say I'm like it's like one foot inside, one foot outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. haven't been doing anything crazy today. I actually sat down in a diner mm-hmm. that appeared clean. <laughs> and we were the first, we were the only people initially, and then others came and sat in separate booths. But this is my first time sitting in a restaurant and eating stuff with my, I had two friends. We were masked yeah. until we ate literally since probably well before March. Let's like, let me be honest. Um, it was weird. Um, I felt, I felt odd because, you know, I think it's very easy to forget what's going on, especially mm-hmm. when, as you're eating, obviously you don't have a mask on yeah. and then reality kind of strikes you and you're like, Oh wait, like, let me be more conscious of their, their cooking procedures mm-hmm. and how they're handling our food with how they're holding stuff. Like mm-hmm. do they have on gloves, mm-hmm. like, you know, do they have on the mask? Like what exactly is going on? So yeah. That I even when I go in to get food, yeah, I usually do takeout. I'll be looking at everybody like your mask is not on Girl. all the way. Mm. You over there, your gloves look a little soggy. How long have you had them on? <laughs> all day. If mm. anybody looks like they're even remotely t- throat having a throat tickle, I start feeling <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> so, like, maybe I won't get this today. <laughs> <laughs> do I really want a milkshake this badly? No. <laughs> I start Milk questioning sick, I like COVID. Like, like are, you, are, you, are you that hungry, Christine, that you cannot <laughs> do without a milkshake? Look at how crowded it is in here. You're risking your life. You're risking but, your life. Yeah, that's yeah. good, Emily. I'm, I'm jealous that you got to get out and enjoy a restaurant experience. Girl, let me just say, I went to see my good pal, Hamina. Shout out to Hamina. Okay. Hi, girl. She moved to a new spot. The crib is A1. Their lobby Ooh. literally looks like a hotel. Mwah. Um, 
Chef's kiss. Absolutely. <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> um, and so I was with her. And then I was also with one of my best, best friends. Um, Dami, shout out to you. Hey, and girl. we had to, we haven't seen each other all together in months. I think it's the last crazy. time might have been Christmas. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Look at that. Look at how COVID has kept us from our friends. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you got to spend time with some people you care about. Yes, yes, yes. How about you? Have you been able to spend any time with your folks during this COVID period? Not recently. I've been pretty, everyone's having parties and, <laughs> and I can't go. So I just been in, I just be in the house. I just be spending time. <laughs> I spend time with me, myself, and I. <laughs> me, myself, and I. That's Seriously. all I got in the end. <laughs> That's what I found out. <laughs> Dead ass. It's just I literally. It's just been me. I'm not ready. Like, I just have a hard time because I'm like, when we eat, like, we have to take off our mask. Yeah. And, like, the droplets are going to come in my mouth because you're eating. <laughs> and then the scary. droplets are going to jump into my mouth. I don't know if you have COVID. So I'm just paranoid. It might be the nurse in me. <laughs> That's true. For now, I'm just, I'm just here. Let's let those, let's get those numbers down a little bit more. And I'm <laughs> back outside. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? It's interesting too, because although I don't have the actual statistics for what I'm about to say, um, my friend was telling me that in certain like countries and other places, COVID mm-hmm. is starting to rise again, like in India, for instance. Mm. Um, and I'm curious as to what happened there. Granted, I don't really know what the status of COVID was there prior, right? To a certain point where, you know, everyone in every country reached a peak yep. before, you know, heading right back down and then kind of plateauing in a certain area maybe, or in certain places, I think like New Zealand completely mm-hmm. eradicating the virus. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm kind of interested to find out why there have been rises in cases in certain places. Did people prematurely, you know, stop wearing masks or? I think it has a lot to do with, I don't know. Let me yeah. know. I'm mean, speaking from, a, from an American standpoint. <laughs> I feel like it has a lot to do with comfortability. Like yeah. look at how our numbers are going down now. And what we're going to start seeing is people are going to, you know, let let up. They're going to maybe yeah. stop wearing their mask as much, start having more parties. Like, I feel like it all depends on, on leadership. Yeah. Like, even though the numbers are going down, that's a good sign, but still continue to crack down, still continue to put out, push the, the information that people, hey, don't have parties yet, continue yeah. to social distance. Like, that's, I think that's, that's what makes the difference. Because yeah. a lot of places, they're getting back to normal life. They're still wearing masks, but... Yeah. They're getting back to normal life. It's just us over here. Mm. You know you what's know? interesting too, from what you just said. Um, I don't know if you recall from our last episode, I mentioned how because of how individualistic in nature our country mm-hmm. is, that mm-hmm. was one of the reasons why it's been so hard to get people to follow. Very, very simple, simple instructions. Simple instructions, right? Simple. But now I'm wondering if the collective nature of some other countries are impacting them negatively, right? Because in certain countries, they're structured so that large generations of family live in one house. So you have your grandparents, your parents, and your kids. And so let's say certain procedures are relaxed somewhere. You can have multiple carriers of COVID in one home. And then imagine if your one home looks like the same 10 homes on that block. Everyone has all those multiple generations. And imagine how COVID could rise. So now I'm, it's like, I'm curious because it's like, I think we see countries that may be kind of mixed in the middle, yeah. you know, with like how, how caring people are of their, their neighbor, if you yeah. will. Yeah. How much interaction there is within the community. Right. Yeah. Right. That's true because here it's more of like, I'm in my house, you're yep. in your house. Um, yep. We're not meeting up every Friday for dinner, most likely. Yep. Um, yeah, I can. I, that's an interesting point, and I would be interested to get more info on how that's impacting. Because you're right. Like even if you think about India and just what we know, right. just generally, they're a lot more communal than right. than we are over here. So right. that that is interesting. Yeah. Look at this. Look at her. She's so smart. <laughs> Stab. No, keep going. Keep going. Hey, Dang. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm curious though. Like now, I want to see has every anyone looked at COVID from a sociological perspective? 
You should write that article. Let me write. I am trademarking the title and the idea. If she got a master's, y'all. She has a master's. And if you are one period. She's smart. She's smart. Thank what you. What are we going to talk about next? I think we wanted to really touch on Black Lives Matter. Oh, yes. Because we haven't yes. really done that. But as you guys know, Black Lives Matter. Period. All day, every day. Every day. It period. is what it is. It yep. is what it is. What it is. <laughs> Black no Lives Matter, y'all. And, you know, huh, it's so funny mm-hmm. when I think back to George Floyd's death. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think I'll ever forget that day. Yeah. When everything really popped off. Like, I don't think, I don't think I'll ever forget it. It's just, it's just yeah. so interesting how in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. In the middle of the worst, this, you know, COVID's probably one of the worst things that we've ever seen yeah. in our lifetimes. And it may not get any worse than that. God, yeah. God willing, because I don't, yes. I don't know Amen. what could be worse Amen. than a deadly disease sweeping the, yes. sweeping the world. The world. Yep. Yeah, we, so many people were lost, but just to make things just the more worse, mm-hmm. we realized that, um, well, it's not something we didn't already know, but it's just... Right. As black people, there's never just one layer. It's always right. slavery is just right over it. Yep. There's always slavery to think. I mean, slavery, racism. <laughs> Listen, slavery too. Yeah, but everything. there's always racism to think about. Like it's always yeah. right there, despite yeah. everything. So um, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about just like the civil unrest related yeah. to Black Lives Matter, um, related to the movement, the everything that's been going on. Yeah. But Emily, what are your thoughts? Wow. I mean, I have so many. First with, I mean, just off off what you're saying immediately, just the intersectionality and thinking about even myself as a Black woman, but also thinking about my privilege. So thinking about, God forbid, but if something happened or there was some kind of situation, um, I immediately think about if I would have the means to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as Black people, we know that our education and our standing in society and our job and whatever doesn't matter in the same way it does for non-Black people. And that, you know, you look at someone like Jeffrey Epstein, yeah. a serial predator just, and pedophile, right? Yep, pedophile. Anything you could imagine. Anything Monster, you can imagine. He was all of it. And he's everything. A, he, he killed himself. Yes. Yeah, uh, supposedly. Supposedly, right? Mm-hmm. But and, like George Floyd. Yes. You're talking about someone who literally was able to be in jail, but still work during the day. Like I've never heard of someone I, yep. being able to continue their life yep. as continue though there's no, no repercussions for what they did versus yeah. someone who was visibly under the influence of something. Mm-hmm. And what was it like 20 dollars or so yeah it was like 20 they potential 20 dollars yeah. they're not even i don't think they ever said if it was really counterfeit yeah or i feel like there's even, a lot of stuff that's not been quote they're not verified. sure yeah right. they're not sure so right. it's like someone like you said someone like jeffrey epstein who committed and was convicted of crimes right made it to a point where he even it couldn't even be speculated that he killed right. himself he right. survived so long you know despite all the major crimes right he committed and know, the I, other politicians that were that with were him and celebrities and major right. major players in the world and you're comparing this to a black man who potentially committed yep. a petty crime that is yes. not there's it's not sentenceable by death like yes death does not come from whatever um, potentially right he may have done we don't know if he did anything that they accused him of right um so it's just that's a shocking comparison to make just looking at right. the two and just seeing how I don't know it's just really sad it's like yeah. there's no justice actually yeah despite America being supposed it's supposed to be such a fair country and you know if you look at the constitution and how our government was built it was supposed to be fair fair it's not so it's it's not fair yeah it's really sad I I do really that's a really interesting point that you made yeah and I've also and I don't want to harp on the fact that like he was under the influence of anything I say that to say that I feel 
the response when you can tell someone may or may not be in their right mind. Mm -hmm. Honestly, your response to anyone, unless you know like a very violent crime has been like committed and the person Mm -hmm. is like wielding a weapon, should always be from a point of care, right? Right, especially as a public servant. As a public servant. And and just to, and also when you hear someone say, I can't breathe. Period. I mean, there's no- There's nothing else. (laughs) They're literally telling you like, like you, you know, like, you're you're basically you're taking my life right now you're killing them yeah you're killing them right um I see a lot of stories of women like yeah I was under the influence and a cop pulled me over and whatever and kind of let me go or like let me do this or like you know someone gave them a break yeah and there could have been an opportunity to either take them in you know charge them with something whatever the case may be and so to see how people like overreact Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. when blackness is involved is so insane to me and it's yeah. just like like what you, there were four officers four and one man one man and it uh when you, what you said with the over like overreact when it comes to blackness mm-hmm. i don't know what it is about black skin that just elicits like flight or fight response yes in in certain people i don't know it didn't it's what you walk through the store all of a sudden everyone's looking at you to see if you're stealing right you know what i mean you you walk past a white lady i mean they they lock their doors yeah they lock their car door you know you're talking to a white person sometimes and they you can see they starting to get defensive you're oh you're yelling you're are you up like you know you're not even upset but they're perceiving you as some kind of monster so i don't know what it is Mm-hmm. I like to scare people a little bit. Um, so that's, <laughs> Tell me more. As, as, I mean, as a, as I grow older, I I especially in the workplace, I see how intimidated people can be um, by a black woman, um, mm-hmm. especially one that. So my tr- my trick to combat microaggressions. This is way a little bit off topic, but my trick is to be very stoic. So mm-hmm. I'm really not a stoic person at all. Like my, so if you know me, you know my facial expressions are real, real wild. <laughs> <laughs> but at work, I don't got no facial expressions at That's all. Real. And I have no, there's no intonation in my voice. I'm not passionate. Yeah. I'm just... You don't know what I'm thinking. So that's one of the ways I kind of combat microaggressions, just so people can't always, are not always so... Yeah. No, let me not say that, because I don't even think it works. It makes them scared, because they can't read me. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, that's the way I combat it, because it's like, they're so afraid that they can't listen to what you're saying. They're so afraid that you're going to burst. They think you're going to have an outburst all the time, especially if you have something to say. Um, It's really sad that that's how we're perceived. But at this point, as I grow older, I've learned to use it as a strength. Like, I'm not... It doesn't bother me mm-hmm. that you're scared of me anymore. Like, I like it a little bit. It's interesting. Yeah, so you leave me alone now. <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. And, you know, at some point, I don't yeah. think that'll ever change. I actually don't I think, think that so. will ever change. I think it's always probably going to be that way. But yeah, just yeah. looking at how George was, you know, this big black guy. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't like the thought and, you know, again, there's so many layers to that story. And like there's right. things that we still don't know even don't after know. all these months. Yeah. Like there was speculation that him and the officer knew each other. Yeah, because they were both like they both were security guards thing. or mm-hmm. something. But it was like they've never actually worked together. And mm-hmm. people were saying all this stuff. I'm going to be real with you with regards to particularly many of the cases that have happened just this year alone, which is a ridiculous amount. And I'm sure there's many that we don't know about. Oh my God. I haven't actively looked into them because it's very frustrating. It's really frustrating. It really is. And one thing that came about with regards to George Floyd that really bothered me, though I know it wasn't in someone like this, this wasn't done in bad faith, right? This idea of like having to justify his humanity and us always constantly having to justify black people's humanity when innocent lives are being taken. Yeah. Um, oh, he was a churchgoer. He did this. It he doesn't has a matter. Bible. Um, Brianna Taylor, you know, she was an EMT. EMT she was don't in matter. school to be a nurse. She was working through COVID, you know, or like, and it's just kind of crazy. Although in one regard, I understand it characterizes the person because it's very easy to just think of just a name. But mm-hmm. these are people. These are people with families and loved ones. But the thing is, even with that, like there's 
there's that's why there's a saying a different there's why they say different walks of life we are everyone doesn't have to be a doctor right everyone doesn't have to be a lawyer everyone doesn't have to be an emt life creates colorful people like you are who you are there's good and bad in the world you don't have to be a perfect angel you're none of these police officers are god so they have no right to take anyone's life especially if they person has not been convicted and sentenced to death they haven't been so there it doesn't matter if george was under the influence it doesn't matter if he had a million kids that's his life and he was living his life the way he making the mistakes that he was like we're all gonna make mistakes we've all made mistakes i pray god forbid that if anything happens to me no one remembers me based on my mistakes like you know remember the person mistakes are a part of who you are like they're you're yeah. gonna do things that are not yeah good. maybe not good like i mean i don't want to judge and say there's good yeah. or good or bad but you're gonna make certain decisions and i don't think that i don't think that the 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 boy you know the kid walking around southeast dc you know enjoying a drink with his friends you know that's lived there all his life is any more worthy of living than or any less worthy of living mm-hmm. than um, a, a man working on Capitol Hill like you know right. what I mean everyone's worthy everyone deserves life we all right. deserve to live yeah <laughs> and it's so crazy because it's like that's not even like that shouldn't even be a question it's not, but yeah. again black people are not ever guaranteed the same room to like make mistakes or grow mm. or whatever as non-black people and I'll say that broadly like because that that's just what it is. That's just what it is. Yeah. That's oh. one mistake for us can yeah. one mistake that you know, if kids make mistakes, you know, oh, they're just kids. We don't have though that luxury. Yeah, we, we don't. Kids, we can't yeah, I can't just be a, a woman, you know, right. some uh, a, a black man can't just be a black man. Like right. we don't get that we don't get that luxury. Yeah, I agree. And it starts from when we're young. I mean, you see mm-hmm. the over policing of babies toddlers in school there's stories of little black kids getting arrested Arrested. for being little kids like for being for doing kid things you know i was thinking about i was telling my mom the other day that um because we were looking at the news and they were saying um there was a story i forget the, the the young man's name but there's a um a kid that was i think he was kind i think he was asphyxiated Yes, um, at, his, the, at the facility after at the he threw facility, a sandwich. He threw a sandwich, yeah. And I was telling my mom that when I was in high school, like one time a security, one of our school security people choked one of the students. Wow. And she kind of passed out a little bit. But like at the time, we didn't really think anything. Like we kind of yeah. laughed about it. Like we were laughing mm-hmm. like it was funny. Yeah. But as an adult, I mean, that was like... As an adult, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, what the hell? What? (laughs) There's nothing that any kid can do that you need to choke them in school. Right. In school. In school. In front of everybody. Yeah. In the lunchroom. Like if somebody came to me and said, and if I find out that my kid was choked. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of problems. I'm going to be in in the house. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? We go, let me just say, and here's the thing. I'm not a fighter by any means. Not a fighter, but that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to protect my children fiercely. I don't have any y'all, uh, but what I'm saying either, is my future kids. Yeah. I really think about that sometimes because yeah. I'm like, if I ever find out there are grown human beings doing something to my child or children that I know and I'm around, we're going to have a problem. Big and problem. that's just done on that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> period. Like, I don't understand, like, why, why would it ever be that? And one thing about what you said too, like, just made me think when it comes to stuff personally, I, from what I've observed of this life, right? When it comes to stuff we're not accustomed to or stuff that we don't know how to handle sometimes, I think we laugh about it. Yeah. It's like, we don't really know, like, how am I supposed to feel? But okay, let me, let me mimic what others around me are doing. So no laughing. Attention, yeah, yeah. Right, let me do what I see. And then sometimes you think back, just like you said, and you're like, wait, that was actually very inappropriate. Even I think if you see like inappropriate, like, teachers or something or like stuff like that all the stuff that we saw maybe in school that it was like oh you know like there's this rumor and people will judge the student as though there aren't grown humans grown taking advantage of them or like being paid doing to have your best interest at heart yes. but they're doing higihaga they're just yes. not serious yes it's true yeah very true and i think that 
in 2020 or let's even say in the past five years we're not laughing about certain things anymore yeah. like certain things are just not funny like assaulting women is not funny it's Rape really not funny. it's actually really not. Is not funny it's ri- um harming black people that are innocent is not funny yes. so yeah. we're not laughing anymore and i i know that everyone is I know that it's scary. I know it's scary to kind of let go of habits that were, you know, potentially helping us before, but they're no Mm -hmm. longer serving us now. So I feel like as a collective, we are letting go of, we're not, we're just, it's not funny anymore. It's really not. And, and it's kind of like, I don't know if non-Black people, some of them, I'm not, obviously I'm not trying to say all, but some of them are really now just getting to the point like, oh wait, that's actually not right. And it's kind of like, like, what like what like it took this for you to realize like there's a major problem and you know what some of them you think a lot of them are realizing it and a lot of them are not like a lot right. of them is, is business as usual for a lot of yeah. people like oh someone really was killed he deserved it what he deserved it or oh i don't have anything to say on that right it's not affecting me and uh, and right. too you know i think particularly um i've been doing some driving around maryland for work mm-hmm. um seeing patients and in Annapolis and like other areas. And I realized that Maryland, um, Mm -hmm. there's some parts that are different from where I grew up. And um, what's, what's important to me over here. Mm -hmm. It's not important down there. At all. uh, Not, not at all. Or they're, they're taking, they're looking at it in another, in another Yeah, The total opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I was some Confederate flags and little things hanging mm. around. So I was like, wow, you know, it, even looking at it within our black community, mm-hmm. like sometimes, especially when I was younger, I mean, some things didn't affect me. Right. Because like, I, I mean, my family is like middle class. Yeah. Um, and where I grew up, it's not, um, there were some times where I was the only black kid. Yeah. So there was just certain things I didn't know about and I I didn't I hadn't had the chance to educate myself on yet. Yeah. And um in the past 10 years ever since I graduated high school, um I've been educating myself little by little on certain things and I'm realizing I'm just looking at the intersectionality and how everything comes together and like you said just sometimes when something isn't directly affecting you Mm-hmm. you don't understand the gravity and that can happen within the black community because sometimes Definitely. depending on where you are, depending on where you live, depending on um, your class, some things don't seem that serious to you right. either. You can begin to disassociate yourself. Yeah. It's very easy to do. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I agree with you and I can definitely relate in that my upbringing and my surroundings kind of kept me separate from many of the issues that we're discussing today. And by the time I got to college, I mean, being that my focus is public health, right? And you can't, you cannot talk about public health without talking about the social determinants of health. There's no way. Mm. And so I already understood race as an issue from, I, I sometimes I, I can't believe it, but I know when I was in like kindergarten, when I was like little, like five, six, yeah. I would go through my Catholic school yearbook and count how many black people there were. Same. And it's kind of, it's kind of crazy, right? When you think about it, it's like, what were you trying to articulate at that time? At that age, what did right. you know? Why but did you, you want to do see, that? Exactly. Yeah. You could see yeah. there was a difference, even though if I wasn't maybe being treated differently, if, you know, and I had, I was in school with my brother. So it was kind of like, if anybody ever tried something with me, you feel me? I got yeah. two people, you know, so I never really had that issue. But as I got older, especially when I started to focus on public health, I made it my mission to take time to understand what it was really like to be Black in America as an African-American, as a Nigerian-American. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to understand the issues as well as the culture, but I really needed to understand the issues and where they stem from. Yeah. Because they're still in existence today. Issues that have been around for centuries are obviously still in, in existence today. And so in, in working to understand that, I would take classes about social justice and social networks, stunted social networks, especially among youth, mm. um, you know, and like gang culture and stuff like that. And then, of course, health, everything from health disparities and understanding neighborhoods. And then I had a job where I was confronted with that every day, mm-hmm. you know, doing work in Baltimore City, violence prevention work. There's nothing like, and I think 
it's there's nothing like because even for me I think I opened my eyes a lot when I started working in Baltimore as well yeah. that's not no that 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 where I was working is way different from what I'm used to right and um I'm different from what they're used to right <laughs> so right. it was good in that way because I feel like we were trading like right. I mean, to me in my head, I'm not that much different, but I, I understand right. that as soon as I open my mouth, it's like, um, uh, where are you from? Where are you from? <laughs> yeah. I'm from Silver Spring. Yeah. So I'm not from, they're like, oh, you're not from around here. But it's like yeah. we traded a lot of culture. Yeah. And I learned, um, I learned of my privilege very fast. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I changed a lot. Once I started working in Baltimore and just mm-hmm. seeing certain things, I changed. I I, there's certain, I don't want to say anything bad, but yeah. as Africans, sometimes, you know, the way we are raised, mm-hmm. um, not saying that anyone's raised us to be prejudiced against African-Americans, but we just have a different experience a little bit. Yeah. And um, there's certain things that I needed to see for myself and I I saw them. And yeah. um, I now know that it's like we were saying before, everyone has despite class everyone has the right to live a full full life um and we as people you know if you see yourself as someone that can reach down and help not reach down in the sense that anyone's below you but if you have a lot if that's a lot meaning knowledge a lot meaning money a lot meaning time a lot meaning connections or resources if you can reach down to someone else and just give a little bit so that we can all kind of level the playing field. I think that's important. Like, I think that that's what I learned from being out there. Cause it's just, it's different. Right. There's no, a lot that's, of things lacking. There is. And yeah. we don't need equality. Let, let me be clear. We need equity. Yeah. We need people to get the resources allocated to them that they that deserve. deserve. It doesn't need to be the same no. as other communities. If they need more, they need more, yeah. you know? And for me, especially, like I said, working in Baltimore City, I was confronted really fast with this idea of like, I need to be my authentic self. For Period. I have no reason to lie about who I am or where I'm from. Nope. But I should always interact with people from a point of understanding. And so Period. I did that. Yeah. And one thing that always sticks with me is these um, teens that I was working with, they were like, oh, you, you know, you live, you live in a different area than us. Like, do y'all have like storms and stuff out there? And I'm like, Ooh. I thought they were kidding. They're like, no, like, isn't it just like, like, do you guys have like bad weather? And mind you, we're 30 minutes apart. Mm. And I was just like, whoa, like, obviously this is not everyone's experience or like everyone's experience. No. They're also kids. So, but I was just really thinking to myself, like, do you feel like, like there's the other half if you will you understand what I mean like there's a set of people who have no issues who have no problems who just have perfect lives yeah um and I can't imagine what it would be like to feel this way or to be in a place that people are around me working to make me feel that way Mm -hmm. working to make me feel othered I mean I do in a sense of being black right but not not without privilege and I think it's so, and this conversation is important because I don't think right. that as Black people, we recognize that some of us do have privilege. We yeah. do, everyone has privilege. There's always right. privilege in whatever, you know, right. there's, there's color, you know, you're a little yeah. lighter than me, so you have a little bit of privilege. Yeah. Colorism, yeah. Um, there's colorism. You wear, I can't see. So right. if I don't wear my glasses, I'm pretty yeah. blind and you have perfect eyesight. So that's a yeah. privilege. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is a privilege. <laughs> because me, I'm blind. So yeah. there's a lot of, pri- there's privilege in everything, but I think it's important that we recognize that some of us have a bit of privilege. Right. That as black people, and I, I when I think about this, I always think about like celebrities or the celebrities that are making this point right now to be very pro-black. Like right. look, even let's say, you know, using the most, the, easiest example to reach but like even like jay-z and beyonce they're on their real they're on black power time yeah and they've been on black power time for like the past three four years now so Mm -hmm. it's like they're using their money their resources to kind of trickle down to the to the rest of us and i feel like in your own little way we should all do that i feel like if we all do that we're going to be so strong together 
Yeah. And despite not even thinking about, I think as black people in general, not Africans or Jamaicans or African Americans, right. just as black people, if we can use what we have been able, the resources that each of us has been able to amass as a one person and just help someone else, I feel like that mm-hmm. will just make us strong as a community. Yeah. I think um, sometimes I feel like, well, personally, I do feel like there are a lot of people doing exactly what you just said, but I think there's so many differences in like our, our perceived roles, if you will, and like our, our thoughts around how action should happen that it, it kind of prevents us from moving forward sometimes. Like yeah. the best example I can think about for me personally is with regards to like civil unrest and, and protesting. Mm-hmm. I don't like to use the term writing, um, especially That's around, you know, term. yeah. Like with regards to whatever happened in Baltimore city with Freddie Gray, um, you know, you see how the language changes perception. And so yeah. I've tried to be really conscious about using the word um, uprising instead of like riot or whatever. But anyway, say so all that to say, I am not someone who protests. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know why I don't feel comfortable. I don't know if I feel like the police threat is so high, even though that's not always the reality. But here's the thing about me. I can do different kinds of work. Mm-hmm. My, I know where I fit in is like I could do work in the community or from an education standpoint. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's kind of where I funnel my time and energy. And we need that. Right. In the same way that we need folks that can stand at the front lines of protest and lead this effort as well. Mm -hmm. But if people aren't coming together in a way that makes sense, we can't really progress forward. And I think you're right. And and when you say in a way that makes sense, I feel like in a way, if we can't recognize that everybody's contribution is a good one or an important one. If right. we're telling you, oh, you're in the house, you're not even, you're not out here, you're not protesting with us, you don't have to be. Like, if right. you look back to the civil rights movement, right. if you look back to how they did things, everybody was doing different. There's people passing out flyers, there's people right. protesting on the front lines, there's people holding classes, there's people opening their homes. Yeah. There's different modes of, you can do different things and be all for one cause. Like, we don't all have to be in the streets. Right. Um, we shouldn't all be in the streets because there's a lot to be done. Right. And Outside of that. Yeah, yeah. And we should we should each person, whatever you've done, whether it's donating five dollars, that's something. Right. Whether it's right. um, posting something that educated, you don't know what touched some what touched. Right. Him. So you right. may have posted something that 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 struck a nerve in someone. That is that's what we need. We need to raise awareness. We need to mm-hmm. raise resources. There's just so many ways to do that, like you said. And if we can look at each other and say, you're doing that and I'm doing this and we're both doing good. We're both right. serving the cause. I feel like we need to be able to do I think nowadays, I don't know if it's 2020 or whatever, but mm-hmm. I just feel like people are always ready to be like, why are you doing that? Performative, like, yeah. stuff. Yeah. So performative. I hate that. I it's love the word performative. Annoying. Same, same. I've been, I, I was listening to someone's like live or something on IG yesterday. Shout out to President Kennedy. If she ever hears this, okay, I love her. Um, <laughs> And she was saying that. And that leads me into what I really want to talk about, which is Black women, particularly everything that happened with Megan the Stallion. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Um, if you guys don't know, I don't remember when this actually happened. July, maybe? Oh, before we move on. Yes. Arrest the cops that killed, that killed Breonna Taylor. Please. And I'm going to be honest. Let me jump in that real fast. Sorry, I have to because this is really weighing heavy on my mind. Um, before I found out what I found out, obviously, I thought this was so wrong. And I was like, my thing was just that this is not okay. The, the people that killed Breonna Taylor did it in cold blood like that was not okay at all but no. then I was thinking like is there any like legal like did they technically break any law because at you know at that point it's kind of like he said she said as far as like did you announce yourselves because you were in plain clothes you know and that was always my thing because I'm like they were very wrong but if there's no legal ground you know what I mean to pursue criminal charges it's really really hard to mm-hmm. when I found out the details I had all this time thought Brianna Taylor was in her bed did not know they let her die they did not offer her care yep. I'm pretty sure they fled the scene yep um they weren't interviewed properly nope. the people who interviewed them like um kind of 
led them on to say and believe certain things. I didn't like the way they treated her boyfriend, Kenneth. Her boyfriend. I didn't like the way they lied to her mom's face and tried to say, like, do you know anyone that has an issue with your daughter or her boyfriend as though they hadn't planned to go to Gianna's house? Yep. But they were trying to cover it up from the jump. From the jump. And the thing is, like, how much of this has happened through the course of history that we don't even realize because it was so covered up, you know? And like, they were really like from all different angles, people were really actively working to especially prevent her mother from finding out the truth about what happened. As soon as they did it, they knew they were wrong. Imagine if her boyfriend hadn't been there. Imagine if he died. Yeah. We would have never, we wouldn't get We would never know. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's There's just a reason kind of that like, God kept him, that God. Right, right. And still till now, it's just kind of like, so is anything going to happen? Or because it's, it's just like, this is not okay. Even, even if the, I don't know, police commissioner or whoever, right, didn't really say anything about what happened. Although I don't agree with what happened. She should not have been shot. She should not have been killed. Anything like that, right? Especially when they had the people they were looking for in custody. Jesus. Okay. But it's kind of like nothing about their police procedure was incorrect. You understand what I mean? Like, right? Is there anything you want to do this? No, in this way, or to if you really had people's best intentions in your mind, you would not have fled. I'm pretty sure they fled because I don't think they stayed there. That's the thing that what you just said is key: best intentions, right? Because when, as a nurse, when I care, Mm -hmm. I have cared for some people that are. I've cared for pedophiles. Mm. I've cared for racists. And this is not speculation. There's, I've cared for someone that was outwardly saying the N-word. Wow. Nothing. I've cared for convicted pedophiles. I know they're pedophiles. Wow. Your charts say pedophiles. Did wow. I beat them up? <laughs> like, I did what I had to do. I even laughed and smiled with them because I'm supposed to provide compassionate care. Right. Was I was I confused about what I was doing? Yes, right. but I was not hostile. I didn't stab anyone with the with the, with the needle in the right. eye. Like I didn't. No matter how bad, what like the per, one person I took care of was an, a a legit rapist. Wow, convicted rapist. Everything I saw, you know, I saw the yeah. article. I know it's true. Like I know this. Wow, is true. it's not speculation. Like these people, these cops do a lot on speculation, right? Or their own. Um, prejudice they they act right. upon speculation so it's like as a public servant as someone that's supposed to serve the people and you're supposed to have people's best interests at heart mm-hmm. that's what I thought police were yeah I guess I'm wrong but it's just yeah. like they don't have they have their own interests at heart right and that's the thing like I know there are obviously people who are like police officers who don't act this way whatever whatever that's not the case right Somewhere. now Right. That's not the case at all right now that we're talking about. We're talking about the people, like you said, this idea of police officers acting on speculation when there are, in fact, laws that require them to have proper warrants and proper this and proper that. Warning people before you Right. Before you do stuff verbally, loudly and clearly. If her neighbors, if Breonna Taylor's neighbors said we did not hear them say these words, what more does it take for you to listen? These are like objective um viewers mm-hmm. whose homes got shot up too mind mm-hmm. you but my thing is just like with regards to everything that happened it's just like so you people created laws but the laws only apply to you and work for you in your favor even when you've done wrong hmm. but for black people they just what we just don't exist i don't get it our humanity doesn't matter I don't get it. We're not human. Frustrates me so much because it's just like there are these are simple things. And like I said in our last episode, it can't just be that because this has never happened to you or your family member, you don't care. That's Mm -hmm. that's not it can't you can't always just turn a blind eye to outright hatred and violence against people that don't look like you because it's never happened to you. You can't live that way. You can't. This is just like or I guess you can. You can, right? Actually, like you said, uh, or I guess you can. You actually people can. Do. People are. They're out here just walking around like it's, and that's and that's the good and bad thing about these events. Right. It just it just continues to. My dad always has the, he has this saying, and he, I think he says they say it in Igbo. I don't know. I can't speak Igbo, but he says like anytime you wake up is your morning. 
So mm-hmm. anytime something happens and it wakes you up and it leads you to action, that's that's the time to go. Mm-hmm. No one can criticize you for that. So I think that's we all just, saying. Yeah, it's very you know one of the one of the things that really stuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like sieves and sifts. It's like they say a lot of stuff and then something something gets stuck and it sticks yeah. with you for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, you were leading into um into oh Megan. yes okay so with Megan D Stallion I'm dead in our last episode but recently she came out and outrightly named Tory Lanes as the man who shot her and described how her her best friend Kelsey Tory and his security guard were in a vehicle and had some kind of argument about something. And she was very heated, decided to get out of the car and leave, start walking away. As she walked away, Tory Lanez proceeded to shoot her in both feet. And in that moment, people in the neighborhood called police officers and they arrived. And basically, she said, because of everything going on, rightfully so, she was very nervous about how, you know, police would react to to the situation so she never mentioned that she was shot or that there was a gun or whatever um and they told her to basically like get out like told them to get out of the car so there's a video of her footage of her like you know backing up from the car literally leaking blood from her feet Mm -hmm. and just remember these you know the shooting like required her to get um surgery surgery yeah in her feet yeah. So um this whole situation has really kind of unraveled right in front of us in a way I never thought it would. I think in in the worst way honestly because initially there were so many mixed stories and then you know Megan made a statement that she didn't say who did it and then she made another statement and still didn't say who did it and then she put up a picture of her feet and stuff like that and how to go on the internet on live. And she's literally crying like, cause people are making fun of her. People don't believe her. People are saying all sorts of stuff. And then finally she was so upset. She went on live again and outrightly named Tori and explained a few more details. Yeah. I think the first time she went on live, cause you know, that time she was like done up. Yeah. Yeah. And- very very intricate wig yeah <laughs> i liked kinda, it <laughs> it was a lot yeah it was nice, but it was a I, lot. Like, I was just shooting a video or something like yeah yeah she had her chains on yeah so she was really trying to you know put on a brave front for us that time right right how this time it was like nah i'm just, frustrated i'm frustrated like i need to know i need you to know yeah very quickly and this is not it wasn't premeditated like it was just like i need you to know that right. i was shot and that is who shot me. So yeah. what do you say now? Yeah. The sad part mm. is that there was still a lot of, oh, she's now it's like she's a snitch. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, right. but we still don't know the whole story. Right. What story. Do you need right. to know? She was shot in the foot in the feet. And it's crazy because it's just like, like, you know, Christina and I were talking to earlier. Like shooting is not a normal reaction. Reaction. You don't like, just shoot people. Yes. Unless like, you're Tory Lanes. Right. Uh, or well, we've seen it being black people being shot for no reason. Right. But in the same way, like in those moments too, it's just like this is not a normal, like that shouldn't be something you go to. In the same way, any kind of violence and any community, it's just like, why is shooting such a thing here? Why um, did it come? What, what? I don't know. To me, every time I think, I'm just like, what the? the yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Like, sure. even if you felt like violated, unless she physically had harmed him. And I'm saying, I'm not saying this like, I think that's what happened. I'm saying that like, unless in a situation where someone physically harms you with like a knife, another gun, or something. And you need to defend your, yourself, right. your life. Right. Not Maybe someone makes you mad. You're upset. Like, literally, a feeling. Yeah. A fleeting feeling. A fleeting feeling, because, you know, in five minutes, you're not going to probably be that angry. Listen, you were probably just hungry. You like, didn't... you know, sometimes when we you angry, we're really house. hungry. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to be so upset. And I think that it puts a microscope, like this situation, it puts a microscope mm-hmm. on a lot of things that Black women, yes, Black women face on a daily basis. Yes. And I think, like, the things that come to mind for me 
is just like um, kind of like the masculinization of black women. Yes. And that's been a thing for me with Megan because I see a lot of people are always talking, like even in her You're comments, a man. You're too. You it's like, what? Are you a man? You're right. a man. She's not like, and right. if she was, like, it's what the hell? It's just like the masculinization of black women. Yes. Um, I might be reading too deep into it, but Mr. Tory Lanez is a small guy. Yep. And Miss Miss, uh, Lisa, I was thinking about that. She's like five eleven. A, a tall woman. And he's tiny, and he's tiny. I think he probably was like, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't rough her up physically. I can't right. say anything to her. She's not only big in stature, and I'm not saying big as in like you know, just yeah. she's a big person. She's not only large in stature, larger than him. She's large in life. She's yeah. big in life. <laughs> yep. One of the biggest things in the world right now. Yep. In terms of aura, everything. Household name. Household name. She's a, she's, she's it. So yeah. it's like, he wanted, I feel like he wanted to bring her down. Yeah. And the only thing he could think to do was to shoot her. And, and I, I'm sure like, to be honest, I mean, I don't know nothing really about him or his relationships, but you know, men like that probably have a history of like abusing women. Like, um, sure. Yeah. I wouldn't if be you surprised. You can shoot someone. Yeah. I, it's not the first time yeah. for you. Yeah. And I don't even mean just physically too. I mean like manipulation, uh, yeah. different tactics in um interpersonal um violence. Yeah. And it's it's so crazy too because in her story, like another thing, you know, we talked about was this idea of Megan wanting to protect him in the moment that the cops were there yes. as a black like him being a black man black in man. lieu of everything going mm-hmm. on. Um, even though he violated her. Being. And not on no, like, oh, he talked to me disrespectfully. This man physically shot her twice. And she could have been paralyzed. As in, if that, if a bullet had hit one of her major arteries, mm-hmm. what story would she have been alive yeah. to tell right now? Yeah. And it kind of frustrates me because obviously I'm not trying to say anything controversial. I know my life is different than folks who, like, like Megan was saying, like, you know, there's like a certain code type of thing that she follows, but... I almost feel like just thinking about it now, I almost feel like it kind of is contradictory because I was, I, I was thinking like, okay, she, she was physically leaving the car and she got shot, but somehow by the time the cops came, she was back in the vehicle mm-hmm. because they were telling her to get out. Right. And that's when she didn't exactly say what happened. She didn't even tell the people at the hospital what happened. And it's this idea of like, you know, I'm from the streets, like, I'm not going to snitch. I'm not going to tell you whatever. But at the same time, I'm so afraid of cops as a black person. Like, I don't know what they'll do to me. Yeah. Right. It's so it's can't... kind of like a weird strength and weakness. It's sad. It's sad yeah, that it as a black person, you have to think like that. Like that extra yeah. thought process yeah. is really unfortunate. All around. It's just all around unfortunate. And yeah. I what like what like you said, the fact that she felt both that she couldn't tell anyone what was going on despite right. she was hurt she wanted to hide it to the point that she got back into the right. car even after the police were called right. like it's a set it's it's very sad and the fact that i think her being a celebrity and it's on a national like right. stage it's something we can all really learn for, from because i think we've all as black women been in this kind of situation maybe we haven't been shot but there's mm-hmm. something there this happens like this yeah. happens like things like this happen to everyone yeah and um to see that as a black woman. And I think one thing I was thinking about earlier is like, why are we saying like black, why are we putting that she's a black woman into it? I'm like, why are we saying that? But I understand why we're saying that it's because right now Mm -hmm. we're putting a microscope on things. And this is a, this is a black thing. Yeah. Things happen and we don't say anything, even within our families, things happen in order to protect each other. We keep quiet. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. It might not be on such a large scale, but I yeah. think we can all say that there's things that have happened in our own personal lives that we keep quiet about. We don't yeah. tell bad things. We don't yes. tell, especially as black women, we see certain things. We see people doing things. Mm-hmm. We keep it to ourselves. Yep. We want to save everyone. We want to we want to protect. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I think this, unfortunately this happened to her, but I yeah. think, um, part of celebrity you know you're put on a microscope and the larger collective can learn from what's going on I think we're learning and I think black men they need to see this stuff they need to see this and we need to be able to tell them excuse me I know you love um uh, whatever song he sings I know you love it but look look what he did how do you feel 
And it's just so crazy. And um, I, the live I told you guys I was watching yesterday, it was so interesting because out of nowhere, the Shade Room posted Michael B. Jordan's statement talking about like Protect Meg and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And the person on the live made a good point. She was like, he's saying all this stuff about protecting Black women. He doesn't even date Black women. Don't do, I was like, don't. And it's not, obviously, it's not saying that as a Black man, you have to date Black women. But at the same time, it's kind of like, they're not even your preference. You interact with them. Right. He has, I mean, he has access to anyone he wants and doesn't consciously choose like chocolate women. That's the thing. And that's a deep conversation. And I don't think, and I always have a problem with the way people discuss it. So I don't even know if I want to (laughs) delve. It's just like, protect black women, protect black women, protect black women. We keep saying it, but like, you know how to do that? What does that mean? You even interact with black women on a daily basis. Right. You even know how to interact with someone that you're not sexually attracted to. Right. So if you see me on the street and someone's beating the shit out of me, would you stop them? Would you stop them? Or is it now none of your business and you just turn around and keep walking? Because let's be real, that happened in LA with, I think it was three or four trans women. Those, oh my God. A group of black men brutalized them. And there are people videotaping, not helping them out, not doing anything. Not doing anything. Like, what? And I don't remember if they were all black. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they were. They were, were other it, human beings. They were humans. <laughs> and it's like these people were, people were videotaping, laughing. Yes, laughing like it was something funny. It's absolutely disgusting. It's disgusting. Right. And I'm feeling, I'm beginning to be very disappointed. Yeah. Because it's like the people that we're fighting for, yeah. they keep disappointing us. Yeah. And it's like even goes down to... You know, obviously these things are on a larger scale, but it even right. goes down to when you get on Twitter and mm. after Megan DeSallian did her live and you see all these black guys mm. saying, oh, uh, she, I don't still know the whole story. Oh, damn. She's a snitch. I didn't know she, I'm like, like guys are, are you guys okay? Like, this is not Michael B. Jordan now. These are people that right. we know. Right. That we interact with. Damn, I can't even, I don't even want to believe Tori did that. I still don't believe it. And it's just like, my thing, I was just really thinking like, so you mean to tell me if you were shot by someone you know, and you like, you know who shot you, you would just what? You would just sit? Like you would, you would, you would literally just, people are literally asking you like, who Ask shot them. you and you know and Ask you know them. who shot you you would just be quiet because some of y'all are really i don't i'm gonna use the word the kids use some of you guys are capping is that how they say it no cap and that's that i'm telling you it's honestly, all cap period it's cap. someone i've seen you snitch for less all of you <laughs> i've seen you can't even keep to yourself who, who you've who you've had Been sex with, with. Period. <laughs> you can't keep that to yourself. So don't tell me that if someone shoots you in your foot, Bro, you're going to walk home on those feet and just be quiet. And people are not going to be looking at you like, why did you get surgery? Why are your feet like this? Why did you? Oh, and you're oh, just going to be silent. I that. Unless I, I understand, obviously. Ex- listen, unless, you know, I know there obviously there are certain communities where rather than understand i do understand that yeah you know they'll just yeah. retaliate kind of thing, which is a problem yeah. on its own. That's neither here nor there. Right. But it's kind of like People just, and that's what I'm saying when I say people just refuse to have a level of understanding and empathy towards other human beings. It's just kind of like, you guys are really doing a lot right now, but let's be real. If you or your sibling or your friend or somebody close to you got shot, you mean to tell me, and you knew they knew, you wouldn't be in their face like, who shot you? Why are you hiding? Yeah. Like, why won't and that's scary me? too to know that I'm like we're surrounded by people that if I'm somewhere and I'm in danger that right. they're gonna keep quiet. So do you you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. so scary. Like that's that so scary. so scary. Because look, if you get shot next to me, God forbid, I'm telling. Period. And I'm the telling. thing is, the reality of this life and what we've seen, especially in the last few years. I mean, of course, over the course of history, but really now. Is black people minding their business in public spaces getting shot and killed? Period. Um, and you mean to tell me, like, is it now is the case different because it's motivated by race? And now you're more willing to tell what happened, or are you mm-hmm. still going to carry these codes of of action and you're not going to snitch? And so now the person who committed the heinous crime is walking away, right? Free. 
That's big. Like, let's talk about that. I don't know if you ever heard about that um, that incident. I remember I, when I had a sociology class, they spoke on it, but it was just, I forget the whole story, but it was like a lady in the 40s or something or 50s who was like brutalized. Yes. Like this big thing. And kitty, she, kitty, yeah. metal something. Something yeah. like that. And in she, her neighborhood. In her neighborhood, everybody saw it, but nobody said anything. Yep. And that's not racially motivated at all, but it's just, just think. Just yep. add a, just add the layer of race to it, but just think of what kind. You know what I mean? Like just yep. think, just that humans are capable of that. They really are. Humans are capable of that, and as black people, we add, we say this whole protect black women, protect black women thing, because when you see, we should be able to see each other and call each other our own. We should be able to yeah. see each other and have compassion for each other. You should have compassion for human beings in general. Period. Anyone. You should have compassion for it, but we should be able to see each other and say, I want to make sure that you're okay and you want to make sure that I'm okay. We should be able to be safe around each other. We should be able to gather together and feel safe. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah. that's a big thing for me. And I, I think back to a time where, I think back to a time where like, um, I wasn't, I didn't feel comfortable around other black people. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily used to being around large groups of black people. That's gone out the window. I'm definitely very comfortable with my own. But um, I just think back to that time and I just wonder what shaped me to be like that back then. And it's definitely something that I, as I move forward in life, I want to always create a safe space for people that are yes. around me. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, especially, you know, as we move forward as a society and as a nation, um, I'm like, just like you said, like, okay, well, if I haven't been able to find my, my safe space, let me be a safe space for someone for else. For someone else. Um, and I totally agree, especially, I think, in environments where I know I'm outnumbered. If there mm-hmm. are people that look like me, I always kind of gravitate towards them, you know? I, find, I will find you. And I'm like, we just have to build our community wherever we are. Um, and with that, ladies and gents, we are at the end we are. of today's episode. We are. I think we had a good talk. We had a great talk. This was therapeutic. Yeah, for sure. It really was. Yeah. There's definitely more to discuss. We'll, of course. <laughs> we'll touch on more things next episode. Yeah. But if you have anything to say about anything we touched on this, this episode, please contact us. Yeah. Emily, what's our email again? Because I always forget. <laughs> <laughs> our email is progress at gmail.com. And, you know, now by the time you hear this, we'll, we'll have our podcast up on Apple. Um, we're already on Google Play and Google Podcasts. We're also already on Spotify. And through our posting platform, Anchor, you can leave us a voice message. Yes, you can. So we would love to hear your thoughts and stay tuned. We're going to come hard with the social media. So you'll be able to leave comments and stuff and interact with us there as well. Yes. We love you guys so much. Stay safe out there. Stay black. Stay black. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs>